This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, 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 uh, what a past couple of days it's been. I don't really know where to start, um, but I suppose the best place to start is to introduce our co-host. So I'm co-host Liam uh, and joining me is the other co-host, Ross Duffy. Ross, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing very well considering the circumstances these past uh, few days, but yeah, I'm doing well. Where are you in the Liam Sweeting uh, change curve stages? You're at stage one, two or three? Uh, I think I'm in stage two now. I've, I'm, I've okay. started, I'm, I'm slightly accepting it. So that's the main thing. Oh, okay, so you're in stage two, but stage you're getting two, to stage three. Yeah, I'm hitting stage three now, yes. Oh, okay, I, I can make for a decent little podcast then, mate. I, I, I think I'm fairly the same. Um, I think I'm more stage three now. Um, I certainly haven't moved on. I'm definitely not stage four this year. Um, but hey, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Joe can be with us today. Uh, he's very busy at work um, and he said he would be, so it's fair enough. He let us know. Um, but no worries. Uh, we're delighted to welcome on a new guest to the podcast in our Williams, who's a person I've spoke to for years and years and I know uh, supports Don's for a long time. So, Al, how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same as you guys, but I think in terms of moving on, I'm, feeling, I'm probably heading towards stage four now. I think when I when I saw he was gone after that game, I think I very quickly managed to think like, we've got to move forward now because we've we've had too many transition periods at this club in the last few years. I think, yeah, I've kind of just accepted it. And like, I mean, I said before, the man was a footballer a few years ago. Like, that's just their DNA. They move, they, they chase the money, that's it really. So, yeah, I'm still I'm still annoyed. Every time I hear like anything about Russell Mayer, I'll see it on Twitter and stuff, I'm annoyed. But I guess we've got to move forward now, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, we were speaking about the whole social media side of things pre-recording and I found his Instagram post, one of the fakest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, it wasn't, it didn't bother me really that he didn't mention the fans. It was the fact of that, you know, he take, he's going to take pride in watching this team develop like he's got any sort of ounce of credibility from what he's done here. 
maybe the first season, sure. But, you know, what he's brought in was like nine or 10 new players who haven't played a single minute of, you know, taking, not taking to account Bournemouth, haven't played a single minute of games this season under his management. So the fact that he feels he can take any sort of pride from building this squad and seeing it, you know, develop and push on is, I think for me, a bit ridiculous. Um, and yeah, he's left a decent squad for whoever is going to come in. But look at what you've left behind. Like, literally everyone's gone. If we look at the football staff right now, we've got Liam Sweet in, who's sporting director, uh, and Simon Crampton's performance director. They're technically not even involved in day-to-day running of the football team in terms of on the training pitch and on the actual field on, on weekends. And then you've got head of rehabilitation, Adam Ross, and Lee Strength and Power coach, Tom Bromley. Everyone else is gone. So Ben Park has gone, the analyst. Uh, Matt Wilmot's gone, who works with uh, Sports Science Fitness team. Uh, Dean Thornton's gone. Matt Gill's gone. Luke Williams is gone. And Cole Russell, Russell Martin is gone. So you've, you've literally got no one left on the footballing side to coach these players. And thank God for Dean Lewington and Ray Lewington have come in to actually give a, some sort of stability to the squad. Because as I mentioned, it's a younger squad who... Quite frankly, as you know, as Louis said, this is the first time they've had to experience this with most of them. And all of them were brought in by Russ, Pa, Louis and Kaz. So they're going into a situation where it's a new club for them, for the majority of them. And they've essentially just been abandoned and betrayed by the manager who said he was going to develop them and you know put them onto higher things. So it's a very difficult situation. And uh, yeah, I'm a... I'm angry. I'm starting to move on from it, but I'm still very angry. Um, Ross, I know you've got very strong feelings on it all. Uh, take it away, mate. Right. Um, where do I start? I just, I just wanted to touch upon as a podcast. We've, we've been very pro Russ, and we've been huge backers of him the past, um, especially last season, um, especially when he had that rough patch at the start. Um, and we got behind him and fans were starting to really realise the word, well, the famous words of trust process. And um, I've, I always said about last season, it, it wasn't ever about going up or going down. It was just about progression. And yes, we, um, we made progression. And going into this season, there was a real sense of optimism and hope, even losing Scott Fraser. When we did, um, we were assured by Russ um, and everyone above, and he got backed and we brought in replacements in Scott Twine. Um, and then obviously going into this uh, last week with obviously Spurs and Wednesday, there was always a question of Russ and his future. And then he stopped speaking to fans after the game, reassuring that he was going to stay here. Then again, on Friday when he had his... Um, Pre, uh, pre-match um, presser, um, again, reassuring us long-term that he would be here. And then all of a sudden, within 24 hours, he's gone. Uh, that doesn't sit well with me in my eyes. And you could tell that there was something up in the air um, from the moment we even stepped foot into match day. Ma- match day. On the way to Bournemouth, we heard the statement there's just too much silence around it in my eyes. Um, and then, obviously, it came to the point, um, Russ not clapping fans at the end of the match. And then a few fans, including myself, we wanted, obviously, 
we wanted to ask questions um, near the bus and he avoided and he went out the back. Um, and I think that was the final nail in the coffin. And obviously hearing that Dean Lewington took the post-match interview. I think us as fans um, realised then that he was gone. And I've got feelings of hurt. There's betrayal there. And the most important one, and some fans might agree with me here, and some fans might not, but lies. For the past 12 to 18 months, he's been saying, trust the process, um, ignore the noise and all this. Um, and yes, we went along with it, but he gave us that false sense of hope. And it was one day before our season started and he's left it all and... And now, as you say, Liam, we're down to the bare bones. And uh, unfortunately, it's all on Liam Sweet and, and others to sort out his mess. He's left. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a mess. We're, obviously, we're talking pre-recorded. Um, and it's uh, like the, the whole club, I feel like there's just going to be a bit of a hole now, regardless of who comes in. I mean, we need a whole coaching staff. They're like, there's literally everyone going on. Like, the amount of work that Dino's done with the keepers last season, how far the likes of Fish has come on. Like, there's so many players that have come on so well under this regime of the, like the process that we've kind of been following as fans and players alike. I think we've we've come so far now that it, the kind of the rugby being pulled from underneath them, and I worry that the players who I mean, we've we've had such a turnover of players on the pitch for the last two seasons now. I just worry for January. Are these players going to want to go out? Are they going to want to get behind another manager? Like, I mean, there's a reason Russell Martin's got the pull he's got and he's got such a good backing in football already with his academy that he's got going. He's got so many links. I just worry that some players are going to lose faith in the club as well, especially some of the new boys who come in. He sold the dream of the manager, the same dream that we've bought into for the last two seasons. And now, I mean, we've got, we've got, a, we've got a hole in our staff, in our staff in the department. I feel like we're going to have a hole in our team come... January, if he comes sniffing four players, or even before that, I mean, that's going to cause more for that in the squad. If we've got another one that leaves for the same club, it's going to be rough. Yeah, that that whole match day in Bournemouth was such a weird experience for me. Um, I was speaking to uh, some lads know about, like Jack, Will, uh, Ellis, and people like that, and it, it for me it reminisced the Wigan away match. We lost 5-1 in League One. Uh, it was a pretty poor in the season. Wigan and Blackburn basically dominated the league. And uh, yeah, the performance on that level, but it was such a weird experience because the players, I think for me, came out of that game with a lot of credit. Um, of course, the situation they were put in ultimately was an absolute joke. Um, and yes, they yes, the second half, they were you know, not very good. But I think if anyone performed well on that level, um I'd take my hat off them to be honest, because it was such a difficult situation for them to go into. And even at half time, you had players like Louis coming over to speak to fans, uh, along with the media team, who, quite frankly, have an exit this week in Calmanant. Um, I think a lot of people talk about crisis situations, and I think that this has been the biggest crisis the club's had in a long, long time, and they've come through really well. And I think, despite everything that's happened, uh, they should. Uh, gives us a pat on the back, quite frankly. Um, and yeah, even people like Harry Darling come over at full time as well, speaking to some fans, which I don't think was public knowledge until the club uh, tweeted about it, unless you stayed after the game and saw, uh, like some fans did. I know a lot of people left early because of what was happening. And uh, yeah, it's a difficult situation. Um, I think you've got to come through this whole situation. We have a lot of hypocrisy for us as well. 
um, you know, I know Ross wants to bring up the key I'm afraid situation in terms of, you know, Russ moaning about, you know, not having enough time to replace players and wanting to keep players here like Cameron Jerome, who he couldn't replace when we're now left with having to, as Al said, replace literally basically get a whole footballing coaching staff five games or five days, sorry, before the first game of the season against Bolton, which I think is it's not impossible, but it's definitely not realistic and achievable. Um, I'm sure they'll try their best, but, you know, we've never been a club who likes to rush into decisions and that's now's not the time to do that. Definitely not, you know, we need to find the right man and, or men or even men and women to lead this team going forward. And we'll definitely get onto that later. Um, I did want to highlight one positive out of the whole weekend, in my opinion anyway, um, and that was the match they pod from Albi. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I think this, it was obviously recorded uh, on the way down to Bournemouth and at Bournemouth when we heard about the statement and you know, there was a lot of uncertainty around the whole situation. But I felt whilst you know some fans felt a bit strongly about it more than others in terms of whether Russ was going or not, I felt it just sort of put together the situation really well in terms of how everyone's feeling and how much of a mess that match day actually was from start to finish. I didn't even get into the ground until literally one minute before kickoff because my ticket had to be reprinted. I know a lot of fans are very much the same in terms of, you know, their tickets were all over the place. So, yeah, it was nice to be back, but at the same time, it, it was just such a shame it was in, in different circumstances for me. Yeah, I mean, a bit has to be said about the kind of logistics of that and the Spurs game. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't get into the Spurs game till about 15, 20 minutes in, and I got there about quarter past, 10 past seven, like, it just that week just didn't start well, and it kind of felt like there was an atmosphere even at the Spurs game. Like the fans were still behind Russ at that point, like the vast majority saying like we wanted to stay. And obviously, like at the end of the game, he came over and clapped, and we all thought he was just clapping like he normally would. And then we obviously we were like Sam Twitter, he's waving to his family. But did he did he know at that point? Like I mean, how, I don't know how long this has been. Obviously, we don't know how long this has been manifesting. I think that a lot of the fans want to know how long this has been manifesting because I feel like like we said we, we were talking pre-recording like. You don't just up sticks and move to Wales in any line of work as quickly as the coaching staff appear to have got over there pretty quickly. I mean, like, it's, you got, you got to wonder what's gone wrong in the club in that week itself from top to bottom. There was a few things that it makes you think not everything quite appears as it was, which caused even more confusion going into towards Saturday. I think we just need a nice... We need, we need a nice win with absolutely no problems there. They're all back with the, with the idea, wouldn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've been told, we were told probably as a podcast when we had Russ on that was off air that certain things about, you know, not joining certain clubs and waiting for the opportunity to you know, get to the highest level of English football and things like that. And, you know, clearly that wasn't the case or unless, unless Russ thinks Swansea is the pinnacle of English football, even though it's not in England. Um but, you know, I think the one thing I've already understood from the whole situation is I get the appeal of Swansea now. I didn't initially. I was absolutely fuming with the whole situation, but I get the appeal now. Mm-hmm. I feel previous managers that have gone through Swansea, like the Loudrips, the Rogers, the Martinez, and recently the Graham Potters of the world, you know, they have gone on to manage, you know, either top national teams or Premier League sides. So I get it in terms of, you know, okay, I want to get to the top of the game there's a chance to do that there but there's also a chance to do it here with the squad you've literally built and I think the chairman's literally spent 
well, you know, we, well, it's believed that my wife was a club record fee. It's not official, but that's it's believed to be the case. So I'm pretty sure Winkerman's spent the most money he ever has this summer on players. He's literally bought into the process. He's put all his chips in the process. And the man who and the men who lead the process have decided to uh, leave it well, a week before the season starts. It's, you couldn't write it, honestly. You really couldn't. Um, and I don't really know. I mean, we're going to talk about uh, some people we think, you know, could make a difference. But it, it, yeah, it's, it's very hard to, to move forward at the moment. I think uh, we need to get to Bolton and hopefully get three points because there's certainly a lot of anger and why well, you can tell anger uh, and emotion right now. Can I ask you boys a question? Yeah, go ahead, mate. So if Russ got approached Friday night, um, obviously knowing Bournemouth was on the Saturday um, and his, his head's not in the game and do you think the club should have tweeted and he, he should have made a decision there and then whether he, he took the game or not? And what my, my question is towards you two is, should Russell Martin have took the game knowing he had the approach on Friday night? 100% no. Like we, we, we literally spoke about the exact thing on the, on the train down, didn't we, Ross, in terms of, you know, if Russell knew he'd been approached, which he, he clearly did. Like this, well, Liam this, Sweeting came out with it, so... Yeah, exactly. There's no way he should have took the game. I appreciate, you know, it's, uh, Liam Sweeting came out and said certain things about, you know, he wouldn't discuss it with Swansea, you know, until after the game. But quite frankly, that that was obviously a complete lie. Um, whether he wants to admit that or not professionally, because, you know, he, he's once had professionally on it all. That was a lie. We'll say that for you, Liam. Um, so, no, he should have managed the game. It should have been probably Lewington again. Um, he didn't even play, did he, against uh, Bournemouth? So he should probably should have been him and probably Ray Lewington. Um yeah, it shouldn't have been Russell Martin, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat on on a practical side as a fan. I'd say, yeah, you shouldn't have been anywhere near the club, let alone manage it on that day. However, as a player on a Friday night, if you heard your gaffer wasn't going to turn up and then you had one of your players, your captain and his dad coming down to manage you, I mean, it sounds so Saturday league and the club would have been a laughing stock from the get-go. I mean, we were one of the only games on that day. I think we might have been the only game. And if they hit the news, our MK Dons lose their manager less than 12 hours before kickoff, I think the club would be in an even worse position from the people looking outside looking in. I mean, any prospective manager who's got anything worth about him is going to see that and think this club can't even keep their own their own fans and their own players and their own management staff in order, let alone like progress. So, I mean, I can see why they kept him there to try and make it look like business as usual. But we're not a very naive fan base. We've, we've seen managers come and go. Like I think, we, I think everyone knew, especially by kickoff. I think everyone was pretty much certain that he was off. So I mean, I, I don't think he should be anywhere near it. As a as a fan, I could, I, I'd say no. But as a person who can appreciate the business side of the game, I can see why they wanted to try and make it look business as usual to get the attention on the game rather than on the touchline. But yeah, it's difficult. I I understand that stance from the club. Um, but I always want to understand the stance of the players literally finding out through social media that their manager's leaving. And Skybet odds and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, literally this. looking at Skybet odds, checking yeah. Russell Martin, going down from one to three, one to six, yeah. one to whatever it was in the end. Um, and then all, all they got a meeting on Friday night on Saturday morning saying, oh, you might be off. That's, that's terrific. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying now, but at the same time, it regardless of what you look at it, it's, it's unprofessional from the off. Um, not from... Obviously, me on Keith Dons, but 
from Swansea, but end of day football's football, like that happens. I don't really have any animosity towards Swansea in a situation. I don't see why you should. Um, I think all the animosity should be towards Russell Martin and his hypocrisy and just straight the straight lies as, as and is him contradicting himself because of yeah. in his what annoyed me the most was on his Instagram post he he said that he left the club in a better position well he hasn't because of we're down to the bare bones with absolutely nothing at the moment yeah I agree but if he if he left Lewington's like, Lewington's having practically leading training it's a joke it's a complete joke yeah I mean if he left and didn't take his staff with him. I'd feel less angry towards the situation because his staff, I mean, like everyone's like, everyone obviously says, I'll rustle back and someone at the front. But I mean, Luke Williams for me is the brains behind the operation. Like that, that, that man knows the game better than we probably know our own bodies. Like this man literally lives and breathes the sport. I mean, he is a large part, if not the biggest part of the success of the club in the last couple of years. Um, obviously like Liam Sweetens now our present and probably our, and hopefully our future. But I think Luke's a large part of Rocket Mountain's success. And if he went there without, without Williams, I don't think he'd last very long at Swansea. But now he's got all his stuff there. I kind of say it like begrudgingly, but I think he's going to have a pretty successful time at Swansea if they back him the same way he backed in this summer. Yeah, but you, well, you you say about obviously it being his staff, but Matt Wilmot, he that wasn't part of the Russell Mar- Martin era. He was prior in the Tisdale. So yeah. It makes you it makes you wonder, yeah, doesn't it? But the fact Matt Wilmot, he was he was switching between Dons and Leicester the whole time, weren't he? Pretty much. Yeah. So he, he was exactly the most loyal man in the world. No offense to Matt, but you know, that's how it is, unfortunately. As he'll probably say it's football, and that's how football works sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Um I think that's enough for Russell Martin, quite frankly. I've enough talking about him. Um <laughs> let's let's try and look forward. Um you know, obviously, Liam Sweeting, uh, the sport director, is heading the charge for the new gaffer to come in and whatever coach staff is going to need, which is probably a lot. Um, and obviously, he's in a, quite a few press conferences talking about you know, certain people. He's had a lot of uh, you know applications, apparently, and he spoke to certain people. Um, so, Al, I'd like to ask you, what type of gaffer would you like to see at Milton Keystone's going forward? As a, as a fan or as someone who knows what the club's all about... <laughs> Um, both. Why not? Okay, so we we know before the Russ era and like kind of when we had Damage here, etc., etc. There was talk of Steven Gerrard. There was talk of that sort of player, someone who is big in the sport already. And obviously, we've seen John Terry's name linked with the club. I'm not a fan of John Terry. I know a lot of people are a fan Neither of John Terry, but the man's a winner. That's one thing we can't deny. And it's not that we need now is a winner. However, we also need someone that. Like we've had a couple of like managers in the past that have come in recently as being players or recently with no management history. I mean, we look at Carl Robinson, very little history in terms of his coaching. Obviously, Damachichi never managed a, f- a first team club. Obviously, now there's talk of like Jody Morris. Like, for me, we need someone who's going to come in who's got a bit of experience, which is a hard ask five days before the season starts. There's not exactly um, a conveyor belt of managers kicking around that are available to pay dollars. But I'd like someone who, who knows the game, but realistically, I think if we can't get that, I don't think there's anything wrong with pulling in someone like a Jody Morris, like a John Terry, who has their own starts in the game already. Because, I mean, if John Terry walks into a dressing room, he's instantly going to have the respect of probably every single footballer in there because the man's been there, done everything other than won an international competition. So, I mean, I don't like the guy, but I think like, he's, he's one direction we can go in. But I'd rather, I think Jody Morris, of all the names I've seen, 
Yeah, <laughs> I probably, probably like that's probably the way we've got to go, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, look at some of the names now. So, yeah, Jody Morris has pretty much led the market the whole way, um, and he still does just to this day. Uh, then it's Dean Lewington, who we know isn't going to take a job from Liam Sweeting confirming that. Then it's Sean Terry, as Al mentioned, and it's Alex Ravel. Uh, who is currently Stephen manager, I believe, of course, yep. former Don's player. Uh, Michael Duff, uh, Mark Bonner, who both came up from uh, League Two uh, this season and to League One. Uh, Stephen Bradley, who we'll get onto later, which is quite an interesting one. Uh, then Alex Neal, who maybe links into our sale in terms of bit of experience and is available. Um, then Darren Potter and Jason Tindall and Jonathan Woodgate. Jonathan Woodgate's an interesting one, actually. Um, limited experience as a manager, but. Um, I'm not too sure if he fits the club uh, sort of image in terms of pretty things happen to him, um, but it could be an interesting one. Um, so, Ross, before we get into any names, jump out to you, uh, what type of gaffer would you like to see at the Dons going forward? Um, I'd, I'd like to see a tack-minded manager and um, someone who's had experience working with um, the a younger team as such, Um and someone who's passionate about what they do. I know um, in previous um, managers we have, we've had in the past, they've not really like showed that passion. And I know that's something what our fans liked about Russ. He wore his heart, heart on the sleeve and you, you knew what he was feeling on the touchline. And that's something I, I, I want because of, especially in Stadium MK, yes, the atmosphere isn't great. We, we all know this. Like reactions on the touchline, it gees everyone up. See what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, I'd like someone who's experienced working with youth and um, someone who knows what they're doing, especially in League One, because of at the end of the day, Winkleman's got a massive decision on his hand alongside Liam Sweeten because of, yes, we've had this year and I don't know how many months, um, year and a half, let's just say, um, of Russ building this process but now we've got to finally execute that process and unfortunately whoever comes in has got that pressure and they get it's a results business and we're, we're going to need results as soon as they come in because of the season's already started yeah i'm struggling to get on board with the the former player approach right now um, i know it's been a popular one of the club um but i think the like i said lots of john terry uh, the likes of, as mentioned, Jonathan Woodgate, Alex Ravel, uh, plenty others. I think for me, it's not the right time for that sort of man. Um, as Ross mentioned, we need someone who, if possible, has a blend of, you know, doing well at League One level or at least at the EFL level, but also, you know, doing it with a younger squad and showing clear progression in that squad and those players going on to better things uh, or even sticking a club and doing really well there. Um, in terms of names that initially jump out, I think I think for me it is Jody Morris. I think he is rightfully the guy that should be up there and apparently the club are contacting whether you believe that or not is completely up to you. Um, but I think I think he's the man that fit, is the best fit right now. Um, it, it's a bit of a gamble, but at the same time, I don't think it is. I think he, as you know, he, he's got, he's, he worked wonders at Chelsea and he won his team and you know, he's had a bit of experience being assistant manager of the likes of Derby. And of course, uh, Chelsea with Frank Lampard, um, and you know he's he's been pretty open in wanting to take his first step into management properly. Of course, he got close to the Swans job, but of course, someone else took that job. I don't know who that was. Um, 
so yeah, I think it makes sense that the club has apparently contacted him and I think he'd be my number one candidate going forward. Uh, outside of that, I quite like Michael Flynn from Newport. It's, it'd be a big ask to get him from, to lead Newport. He's done really well there and we've seen a lot of young talent come through Newport. You know, the likes of Regan Paul, for example, who have gone on to bigger and better things there. Um, and he plays you know, quite attack-minded, nice football. So I think he'd be a key target of mine if I could possibly get him. But I say it's a bit of a long shot and I don't think he'd want to leave Newport this late in the season. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to hear who you two gents have got on your shortlist. So uh, Al, who's on your shortlist to be the Don's gaffer? Um, I think Morris has got to be the top one. I think he's the name on literally nearly every fan's lips and I can see why. But I mean, like, he's obviously one name. I think I think John Terry, I don't want to rely on his links the same way we did with Russ. However, we saw it did work. Like some of the players we got in were purely because of Russ in the first place. And I mean, look, I mean, look at John Terry's links with Villa. I mean, Dean Smith's taken that club to places with or without Jack English. So, I mean, that's not a bad club to have a link with. Chelsea, obviously. I mean, we can't we can't live on these links. Like we, that's not the way to be. But if we want if we want a bit of sustainability and a bit of youth minded manager, then obviously he sticks out. But I mean, other than that, yeah, I, I, I can't really look between, I'll be on the two because I don't think Newport will let the manager go this late. Like you said, like, I just don't, I don't see it. I, I'd love to have him, but I just don't, I don't see them doing what we've done and allowing that to happen really. Um, even less time now than what we had really. But um, yeah, I think it's got, I think it's got to be Jody Morris at this point, isn't it really? Yeah. The, the big issue with John Terry is he's going to get a win now squad, in my opinion, where he hasn't, it's hard to expect him to win now when he hasn't got too much experience bar being assistant. I suppose you could say the same with Jody Morris, but the difference is he's done it with you know the younger lads in the 21s, so it's different in many senses. Um, I don't know what you're thinking, Ross, in terms of names, um, but go ahead. Uh, Liam Sweet, and if you're listening to this, Jody Morris is the one. Um, no, I've, I think Jody Morris just fits the model of everything we've asked, we're asking for. I know he previously worked with Charlie Brown as well, so he knows him inside out. I know it's not just one individual which makes a team, but it does help when you work with certain players. Um, and everyone else who's on that shortlist, I've, I've, I haven't really liked the look of, only because of the fact that Liam Sweeten said, I believe it was yesterday, um, he's not actually looking at for managers who are who are in the job at the moment. So it's kind of ruling a lot of candidates out and likes of obviously with Darren Potters and them sort of names, they don't appeal to me. And for me, especially with like Lewington, if he, if even if he did want the job, I don't, I wouldn't want it to tarnish his name. And that's the thing as a fan, I love Dean Lewington so much to the, fa- to the fact that like, if he did do a bad job as a manager, Will fans see him below below a certain legend in the club? Because of at the at the moment, Dean Lewington's at the very top, so it's more about tarnishing your name. But yeah, as for Jody Morris, I, I do feel like he's probably the main man we should be going for, um, because of the rest of them are quite big gambles in my eyes. But again, I I, just, I, I don't think we can look. I didn't I didn't even think about the Morris and Charlie Brown link. And I mean, he's a player that a lot of people are excited about and I think we've not seen even a, a fraction of what he can do yet so I mean that's an even it's even more of a it's even more of a nod towards Jody Morris if, like, if the club needed one even more like 
there's so many things that point towards him at this point. But uh, you, just, you can never tell with the Dons, can you? I mean, I'm available. They, if, they, if they get really struggling, <laughs> I'll take the job on. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it as a group. <laughs> well, they might need you in the scout department, Al, based off your football manager, sir. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe rather than managerial. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think... Another positive take, I also mentioned about Max Pod for Albie, but also I feel like it's it's brought the fans together quite a bit. Obviously, yeah, there were some things that happened on Saturday that, you know, didn't go down well with some fans, uh, regarding some chance for Russell Martin. Um, but I think at the end of the day, everyone's fighting on the same same page now, on the same cause. Um, and that's a really good thing, especially now where we need the fans the most, uh, more than ever, really, in terms of, you know, backing this team in Bolton, uh, home against Sunderland, travelling to Ipswich, which the which the manager research could go on for, that far by the sounds of what Liam Sweet is saying. You know, he could take as long as possible to get the right man in. So it's really important that you know we keep everyone on the same side and backing the team on the pitch, and you know not trying to go you know cats and dogs at each other all the time, uh, which has been in the past. So it's good to see that. Um, also, by the way, if you want to catch Joe's thoughts on the whole thing, the article for a fans bet, um, he touched briefly on the Russell departure and what he wants moving forward. Uh, we'll link down the podcast description. Uh, you might have seen it on our socials already this uh, this week, but if you haven't, it'll be in the podcast description, so make sure you check it out. Okay, um, that's a long-winded discussion on all of that. Uh, let's have to take a little break and we'll move on to Bolton away. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, the action is a soft at Milton Keynes. They're off to Bolton uh, for the first league game of the season. Uh, of course, Bolton's a familiar ground for us, played in quite a few times over the, over the seasons and years. Um, and this one, next one's in League One. And it's the opening day of the League One season. So Bolton promoted from League Two last season. To be fair, they've kept the majority of the squad. They got them up last campaign. Uh, they re-signed like Declan John and Athelayan, who Athelayan especially was you know really pivotal to that League Two campaign and uh, did really well for them. And he's expecting big things at Ian Everett at the Gaffer this season for him. Um, they're still recovering from the administration battle, of course. Uh, so they haven't really spent a lot of money on players. So most of their transactions have been, you know, freeze or loans. But they've done pretty well considering uh, you know, some players like Bakayoko, who I'm sure a lot of Don's fans know was at Coventry for a long time and was in League One for a long time um, before Coventry got promoted. And they're getting Josh Heen in from Newport as well, no central midfielder. Um, it's quite a, a shrewd signing considering what he's in at League Two level. Uh, for Michael Flynn. Um, so yeah, he came he came to that Bolton side and expected to do a fair bit for him. Um, there hasn't has been to casualties though for them, unfortunately. Uh, summer signing Yamichi is probably going to be out for the game against Dons. Um, apparently he was pretty you know, well known player in the Arsenal sort of youth background, and then got his move to Germany and Hamburg. Uh, and Bolton decided to loan him this season, but unfortunately he's got injured pretty much straight away, so that he'll feature against us. Um, yeah, so the gaffer he never he fate well not famously, but he's well known around the EFL sort of network for managing Barcelona um, when they were the National League, uh, and then he moved on to Bolton, and of course he achieved uh, promotion to League One in his first full season in charge of Bolton, and uh, since they've been awarded a three year contract at the club, uh, and so I think it's fair to say he's one of the upcoming managers in English football, 
And he's basically got a team who he managed all of last season and he's only added the quality there that could take him further on. So I think it most Bolt fans that I've spoke to and listened to um, are pretty optimistic about this season. They don't think they'll be in relegation scrap whatsoever. And I think you have to agree. I think most teams that are, can keep players that did well so well than last year and, um, you know, I'd only added to that really in terms of the quality are going to do well this year. And uh, yeah, it's certainly not a team who are going to like it this year. And uh, Ross, I believe you've highlighted a few players for us that we should be looking out for on Saturday. Yeah, um, they've got Oin Doyle uh, up top, the bagsman. Um, joint second in League Two last uh, season for Golden Boot with 19 goals. Um, he dropped that back down to League Two after getting promoted um, with Swindon. So he actually took a risk with Bolton, saw what they were building and look how it's paid off. He's back in League One. Um, I do, I do believe he's going to do well um, this year, um, and for someone obviously who's played at this level previously um, under Chesterfield in fourteen fifteen season, he scored twenty one in the Chesterfield side. Um, so he know he knows where the back of the net is, and I, I do believe he's someone who will cause us massive problems at the weekend. But um, they've also got some experienced heads in Alex. Alex Baptiste and um, Santos at the back, who um, if um, Issa and um, Brown or Parrot or or even Waters, whoever plays up top, um, they're, it's going to be a physical battle, and um, I do believe it's going to be a tough week, um, tough tough afternoon for our strikers for sure. Yeah, I mean, Al, I mean, what's your understanding of Bolton? Obviously, you do a lot of work for football manager, and so you have to watch a lot of scenes. I know it's particularly donned, but uh, I, I assume it's a lot more than that. So give us your understanding of what Bolton Wanderers are like this going to be this year. I mean, Bolton are, Bolton are a good side that a lot of people are underestimating. Like, there's not a lot of people making a lot of noise about Bolton Wanderers. And it's weird because they're a club who... I've spoken about these clubs before. They're big, they're big in the aspect of their fans have been there and they've seen them in the Prem. They've seen them in the Championship. Now they've seen the hard times. Now they're coming back. They're a team that can very easily bounce back this season and crack a few skulls with big boys of this league. And they can very easily, especially in our situation, they can get their season off to an absolute flyer if they beat us by a few goals to nil at the weekend. I mean, that, what, what better start for them to get at this point? They're coming to a league against a team that's currently in a bit of free fall. I mean, they're a good side that, like we said, like Owen Doyle, like what a player. Like, he's caused us problems so many times. He's scored, um, when we we played Oldham, we drew four all a few years back. I'm pretty sure he might have scored two that day, maybe even three. And yeah, he had a field day. I can remember him assisting and scoring quite a few goals against us. caused a lot of problems. We played for Swindon, bad a few against us a while back as well. So, I mean, when you've got a striker, like, I think it was, I think Ross said 21 goals. I mean, we're looking a while back in a Chesterfield side that wasn't that good. So, I mean, he's going to cause us issues. Our defence is, is decent. Like, we look at the players we've got. Harry Darling, like, for one. Warren O'Hara. I mean, he's, I know he's fuming about his new chant um, with his head being massive. He's really not impressed about that, from what I've heard. But, um, I mean, he's going to give them the biggest challenge they've got for a few games. I mean, look at the other games. There's not many massive strikers we're coming against. But Owen Doyle was a man who's scored goals at most levels now. So, I mean, he's going to be a challenge. Defensively, I don't think they're as strong as us. I think our attackers, if we get... I think, I think Max has got to play for me. Was, I think he's got to play um, because I think it's the sort of game that someone who has played at the championship level, this man is the sort of guy who will get behind this team and 
kind of cause them a lot of issues. I don't think it's Troy Parrott's game. I don't think it's, I think it's time to bring him in. And I think Charlie Brown might be a bit too weak for this for this sort of, sort of kind of game. I think we saw it when he came against Spurs, and I think we saw it against Ball. To be honest, he didn't didn't ever look like he was kind of ready for. It. I mean, none of them were. But even those games were playing a Premier League team, we're playing against a team who are going to be near the top of the championship this year. So we can't we can't be unfair on our striker in these games because they weren't games for our strikers to excel. But I mean, I think you've got to use your experience strikes in that game. I think if we go into this game under underestimating Bolton, we're going to get unstuck pretty quickly. But like, I mean, we've got like Dean Linton's a man that's been around the block. He's seen Bolton. He probably knows Bolton better than most players do. Probably better than most Bolton players do. So I think if we set up right, they're, they're a team we can beat, but we can easily come unstuck. I think it's one of the games that could go either way. It's going to be a mindset for both teams, I think. Yeah, I mean, Al, you mentioned about how you reckon you know, Dean and potentially Ray Livingston may set up against uh, Bolton this weekend. Um, Ross, do you think the setup will be fairly similar to what we saw at Bournemouth, or do you reckon they'll switch up a bit? We're in the unknown, and I don't feel like anyone knows at the moment. But I do think Lewington will try and play similar, only because of he's seen the advantages of what he does when you are on top. And obviously, with, with his Bolton side, um, if they're chasing the ball around for 60 minutes, it's going to be event gaps are going to open eventually. And I'm hoping he, he sticks with the same um, Bournemouth um, setup because of we know we know what it can do. Um, when players' heads are actually in the game and like Saturday. Yeah, I, I think um, I've had pretty, pretty much agree with you there. I mean, it's a bit difficult for Dean and Ray Lewington to install a whole new, well, even, even some basics for the team, which is just a short amount of time they've got. So 4 4 2. Oh, God, yeah, literally, big man up top. <laughs> no, I think it'll be fairly similar. I think you're right, Ross. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, really, because, you know, the players, from what we've heard of, you know, Galvanized for this and as Liam said, they've got to make it, got to add fuel to the fire in terms of what's happened in the situation. So, I mean, you see how that all goes down on Saturday. Um, and a bit of question from uh, Jonathan Benenson, who's a regular list of the pod in regards to Hiram Boateng. Now, Ro- I know me and Ross and Joe, um, we spoke a bit about Haram before in terms of how we saw this stat about him having the highest pass accuracy in League Two amongst all midfielders. And we kind of said, you know, oh, is there a chance he goes back to the fold next season? Um, you know, Russ quickly shut that down and said, you know, he's not, he's not, no chance, he's leaving. Uh, but, you know, Russ is the one that's left before him and uh, Haram's still there. So, Al, is there any way that Hiram Boateng works his way back into the Don setup this season, or do you think it's still done? I th- I like Boateng. I think he's a cracking player. I genuinely think. I mean, there's a lot of man, there's a lot of there's a lot of MK Don's fans that don't agree with that point of view. But I spent a lot of time watching him in his kind of season when he come in, and yeah, I mean, under Tiz, when we come back up, we weren't we weren't great. Let's be honest, we weren't we weren't amazing at all, and he wasn't amazing at all. But with the right, the right direction, there's no reason he can't come in and do well. There's not a player in our midfield other than Dave, who I don't think we're going to have for much longer, who will literally put every inch of his body on the line. Whereas Haram will, and he will, he will run at players, and he will dive in, and he will. Like, as it, as it, like, we're talking about defensive midfielders who really going to get stuck in. He's the sort of player where I expect him to run and run and run, and I mean, he's got he's got a point to prove now. 
And I mean, it depends on how close he is with Dean, because obviously Dean's going to be picking the team in the day with alongside with Ray. But I think whoever plays at the weekend, whether whether he gets a look in, whether he doesn't, they're, they're going to play for Dean because Dean's such a well-respected player and person at the Dons. I think a lot of players will respect. I mean, when they talk about Dean, any interviews, they all go, they all go, oh, why did you come in? They talk about they talk about Russ, they talk about the club, and then Dean Lewington nine times out of ten is mentioned by every player who comes in. So I don't know what their relations like. Obviously, I'd like to hope he'll give everyone a chance, however long he's there, because I don't, I don't think we're going to have a man. We're not going to manage for Saturday. I question whether we're going to have one for the weekend after. And at this point, he may as well try things out because no one's going to look at Dean and go, oh, you've done, a, you've done a poor job there. Like, because there's no expectations on Dean. If we win both games 5-0, quality, like, wicked. If he loses both games 5-0, oh, is it really going to matter too much in the grand scheme? Probably not. So I think we give him a chance. I don't think Ross agrees. I don't, I don't, I don't think many people agree, <laughs> to be honest. But I think... He like he'd proved in League Two last season he can do it. League One's a different a different level to League Two. Like League One's different. It's like the football's different. But if we want if we want that run for a brick wall for us, he's probably one of the one of the men you'd look at. I think. Yeah, he's seen the good spirits as well. Trading with the club at the moment, you know, he seems to be drawing being back at MK Dons. Actually, being at Cambridge for a little while, had a really good season there. Um, yeah. Ross, what do you think, Haram? Um. I, I, I do think there's a good player inside him, but I don't think he's cut out for League One in my eyes. Um, but he could be a good squad player. Um, and as Al just mentioned, if we do have injuries, um, he could slot in and do the job. But I just feel like there's so much quality ahead of him in, in the squad at the moment, in obviously Kasumu. And with Josh McEachran coming back up to fitness also, um, I do believe Josh McEachran's... Um, better than Boateng, but that's harsh for me to judge Boateng because we haven't seen him for ages now. So um, if he's, if he gets his opportunity, he's got to take it and um, grasp it very well. He looks ready. He's, his social media has made him look like he's very ready. I don't know if he's got a social media team or he's just tra- really trying to put himself out there for us or someone else. But, I mean, Josh isn't fit. Well, they, they said Josh wasn't fit to really play yet. I mean... I think Boateng missed many games for Cambridge last year. I think he's he's probably ready to go. So, I mean, if we need someone immediately, there's no reason he can't prove himself. I mean, I'd love him to shock everyone because I'd like to send Sitter in oh, the I, I hope I words. I really do. <laughs> I'd love to look back and be like, yeah, see, I told you so, but I was quite vocal on Twitter about Russ saying, I know I like a bit of an idiot. So, cheers, Russ. Um, for oh, we all do, mate. We all do. I had. <laughs> we all do. Let's, let's see. With, let's see. With, maybe he won't say. Maybe he'll leave. Maybe like the new manager will come in and be like, you know what, mate? Sorry, I don't need you. Same way, Russ didn't. And then that'll be a shame. But he'll go on and probably score first weekend, second weekend. And we'll be like, oh, look, we should have kept him. But like we do with most players who leave. But let, let's, let's watch this space, I think. Yeah, I think even for an injury, you know, if he had a shoulder injury, Harami kept him out for a little while at Cambridge. Even then, he was still one of their better players in League Two. So, can he step up? Who knows? He's got the perfect opportunity to do it, as I mentioned. So, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the starting lineup and, uh, you know, what the Lewingtons will do. Um, I hope we'll round off of our lineup and score predictions. Lineup's very hard. So, if you don't want to do one, please feel free not to do one. We spoke a lot about it already, but. Uh, I'll kick off with yourself, Ross. Um, if you do have a lineup, please take take us through it and uh, any score predictions you got for the game. I'll go through my lineup first. Um, I've gone with Fisher back in the net. I think he's so huge for this team, um, and we saw that against Bournemouth. Um, 
I think Franco really struggled with the press, um, which Bournemouth applied on him at the weekend. And uh, he cost us a few goals. And yeah, it's, we're at the cup. It's not the end of the world at the end of the day, but on Saturday, it's three points. And I'd rather have Fisher in the net or even uh, Laurie Walker. And then I've got um, Ihora, um, Darling and Jules. The only reason why I've gone Jules is because of Baldwin. Again, I felt he looked very shaky at the back um, on Saturday. And obviously, Louis being on the touchline. Well, I assume he's going to be on the touchline. We, uh, it would be funny to see if uh, Louis would play himself, but I don't think he will. Um, and then as wing-backs, I've gone with um, Tanai Watson. I think at the weekend was one of our better players. Um, he was having quite a, a bit of success down that right. Um, it's just a shame he couldn't really link up with the strikers or um, Matt O'Reilly in the middle of the park. And then I've gone with Dan Harvey out on the left. And then in the pivot, I've gone with Kasumu. I'm just hoping that knock, which Toby Locke has um, said, is just a knock and he's ready for Saturday. And then just above him, I've gone with Twine and um, Matt O'Reilly. And then just above them two, I've gone with Issa and Parrot. The only reason why I say Parrot is because of through just what the media are tweeting at the moment, all the eyes are on Parrot, and I just get a feeling that uh, there's a bit more to it than what uh, we think. And then, as my prediction, I've gone with a 2-1 Don's victory. We'll try and stay positive. <laughs> Dean Lewis is sprinting down the touchline, the 90th minute winner from my life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I'll go through my next, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I've got Fisher in goal as well. Uh, he's been training, well, all week, I suppose, up to the game. So, no reason why he can't start. And as I mentioned, you know, Franco, uh, well, I mean, he did all right against Spurs, but against uh, Bournemouth, it's best not to speak about that performance. Um, back three, I've got exactly the same. Uh, so, it'll be Darling on the right, O'Hora in the centre, and probably Zach Jules on the left with Lewington uh, being in a dugout. Wingbacks, I really want to see Josh Martin play, but I do agree with Ross that tonight Watson deserves to start. Um, he seems very steady, and I think Lewington's going to appreciate that in terms of you know stability in the whole team and keeping the system together. And obviously, Dan Harvey's a start left wing back because he's the only one that can really play there. Uh, Kasiri with the pivot, if he's fit, he's our best player, he has to play. Um, Twine, Mario Riley, they're the next two best players, they both have to play. Uh, and Isa and I've agreed with Al and got Max Waters. Um, I'm assuming he'll be fit. You know, he didn't play against Bournemouth, from what I remember. Uh, I struggle to remember most of that game, to be honest. It's a bit of a blur. Um, but I think he'll be fit. It's only my knock against Spurs, I believe. And um, I, I agree. I agree. Parrots had a lot of media attention this week, but mate, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I don't know what the reason for that is. Um, to be honest. Some fans saying it's a bit miserable, and then, then the club failed. It's later tweeted a picture of him smiling. So, who knows what that's all about? Uh, as a result, I'm going to be positive and say 2 0 Dons. Um, I agree, Bolton, Bolton will be up for this one. Um, but I believe in Lewington hopefully setting us up defensively strong. And I think this Nigel could actually be quite a nice addition back into the team. I think he's uh, he's he adds a lot more to the defence and people realise he's definitely a unique part of that back three that we don't really have with, say, a Baldwin or a Louis himself in terms of physicality and his actual strength in the air as well and his actual build as a player. Um, so, yeah, I quite like the back three and I'd like him to get a clean sheet against Bolton despite their attacking talent. 
Okay, Al, I'll round it off with yourself. Uh, if you have a lineup, please go through it. If not, just talk us through how you think the Dons will set up and uh, a score prediction would be excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Dean's going to change much. I, I think he's he's quite a safe bloke. I don't think he'll play himself because he's very modest. Like we saw his testimony when he didn't wear the shirt and he's out the game, he didn't wear his shirt. Like, you know, he's not that sort of bloke. I mean, he might throw himself on as a caveat if we're winning the game really well or losing it poorly. Like, he might throw himself on, but I doubt it. So I've gone fishing goal. Should he be back? Um, he looks like from the from the media, he looks ready. But yeah, I don't know if they just put on a brave face. <laughs> but let's hope he's ready. Um, because as much as Franco did cost, he's stepped up from a very low division to here. So I mean, yeah, Bournemouth wasn't great, but I mean you can't. I mean, the guy has come up from a very poor level to pay against one of the best teams in the championship. So I'm not gonna put too much hate on his name. Um, but yeah, so fishing goal. I've gone for Darling, um, O'Hora and Jules at the back as well. For the same reasons you guys have mentioned Jules really. He's big, he's strong, he's quick. Um, I think he will deal with Doyle pretty well. I think they can probably balance each other quite out quite, out quite nicely. Probably let Darling and, um, and O'Hora kind of do their thing a little bit more with the ball, maybe. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how Bolton line up. They might, I mean, they, they might line up differently anyway. So um, I've got Watson on the on the, on the the flanks along with Harvey. Um, I think Harvey's probably the only man that can play that side. Maybe Josh Martin gets a look either side. Um, but I do worry for his future at the Dons because he's obviously come from Norwich. He, he was a Russell Martin signing, he was a Russell Martin link. I worry for him and where he fits in under a new manager, especially we've got a lot of players that are like him. Um, obviously, naturally, he's a forward at Norwich and we've kind of sh- shoehorned him in wide. So I, I, I worry for him and his, and his future. I'd like to see him play because he looked talented. But yeah, I'm not sure. So I'm going to go Harvey Watson. Um, same midfield as you guys. Um, O'Reilly, Twine and Cass in the pivot as long as he's fit. Um, if Cass isn't fit, I'd like to see Boateng get a chance, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> surely because I'd like him to prove me right. If we win, if we clean sheet and Boateng play the blinder, then um, Ross is going to owe me like this every, 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 everything under the sun, really, because he's not clean up. <laughs> I back him. Um, up front, I think you've got, I think Moe's got to start. Um, you don't break your transfer record or allegedly break your transfer record for no reason. So I think he starts and yeah, I think Max was up front um, purely for his ability and his um, experience in this sort of situation. I think it's going to be ideal. So, um, score. I've always been a, I've always been an optimist. I've walked into Bournemouth and said we're going to win 2-0 today. Regretted that within five minutes of watching this play when I saw um, Brooks out on the flank not being marked for the first quarter of an hour. I turned around to my girlfriend and said he's going to score. He scored twice, so sod's law. Um, so I'm, but I'm going to go 2-0. Clean sheet. Um I'm going to stick my neck out on the line here and say a mo double. Love that, love that. Frosty Rafe's here, my ice double, considering uh, me and him have got a few beer bets on what is the ice of this season. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to double there. I'm, I'm confident on that one. All right, brilliant. Well, Al, thank you very much for coming onto the pod. On short notice, I will say, uh, jumping in for Jai, it's much appreciated. My pleasure. Um, let everyone know where they can find you on socials. Yeah, I mean, I've got um, a couple of different um, social medias uh, out there and people have probably seen me tweeting on both. Um, my Twitter handle is at underscore AJM Williams. And I've also got another one that's at underscore AJMW underscore, I believe. And um, that's kind of like what I use, um, we'll say professionally. Um, it's, not, it's not really that much, but it's kind of the stuff I use for my scouting and my um, more general football-related stuff. And then my other one's kind of personal. Um, Instagram's the same as my Twitter. So, yeah, I mean, they're all linked Um and yeah, that's pretty much it. So no, no one wants to see anything else that I do in public. So uh, yeah, just those two. Um, 
But if you've got, got any Don's views, I'll talk to literally anyone about any footballing views for any club, especially Don's, until the cows come home. So if you're if you're a geek and you want a conversation with someone that will actually listen to you, like your friends probably want to shut up, um, then yeah, hit me up on Twitter. I'll happily talk literally about any club other than AFC. I've got absolutely no interest in talking about that club at all. But um, yeah, any other club, hit me up, why not? Well, there's your offer. There you go. Um, one last thing before we go, make sure you'll do your lineups of Fan Hub this week. Over 200 fans on FanHub now. One of only five clubs do that, I believe. So, you know, strong support as always from the Don's Faithful. Um, and yeah, make sure you check in at the stadium if you're there on Saturday. I know Ross is. Uh, fortunately, I can't be. I've got a move house, which I'm really annoyed about, but it, it happens. It happens. I can't help it. Um, I'd love to be supporting Louis and the boys, but I have to do it from my uh, room in London instead. Um, but yeah, until then, back the boys at Bolton and come on, you Don's. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.